Hey, I'm Ferdinand, and thanks for checking out the message today. We're glad that you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text RiverConnect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. So as we've been in the book of Ruth, honestly, I have been loving this story, uh, this, this, this book of Scripture. Um, and honestly, I'm like, man, we're moving to this, through this too fast, right? There's like, I feel like there's so many different rabbit trails that my mind goes off to. And as I read the passage, I see more and more incredible ways that the Lord shows up in this family's life and does some incredible, incredible things. And it's interesting, right? Because this story in the Old Testament, you could read the book of Ruth and at first glance, you could be like, oh, this is just a fun love story that we see uh, in, in the Bible. But what does this really have to do with the Lord? And the more and more you read it, the deeper and deeper you read it, you see over and over throughout this story, the Lord shows up. And if he hadn't shown up, things would have gone awry. And truthfully, that's why we look at Old Testament stories, right? I I in, in I keep pushing this point because it's so incredibly important, but the reason why we look at different pieces of the Old Testament is because we can look and see the history of God's people and the way in which he has continued to meet the needs of his people and provide for his people over and over and over again. And we can look and say, hey, as we are God's people now made his people through the blood of Jesus Christ He will continue to do that. He will continue to be faithful the way that he has been faithful to Ruth and so many others. But it's also to look and to glean truths of the ways in which people react and the ways in which they turn to the Lord and the the character that they had and that we can look to them and we can begin to pull truths from the ways in which they lived and apply it to our lives today. And it's easy for us to read and be like, their lives are nothing like our lives today. But the truth of the matter is, we can still respond to difficult circumstances the ways in which they did. And so this month, right, February, family month, we're looking at specifically this family unit, Ruth and Naomi's family unit, and the way in which the Lord shows up in this family's life and how that relates to our family and the needs of our family and the needs that we have for the Lord to show up in our family's lives. And this kind of the tagline that I've had for the story of Ruth has been how the story of Ruth shows the sovereignty or the control, the power of God to redeem a family and ultimately Israel through a love story. And so this morning, we're going to be taking a look at the end of the story and these last verses in chapter 4 and how through these last four verses, we can see some incredibly important pieces of the story that we may have missed along the way. But before we jump into scripture, let's pray together if you would join me. Lord, Lord, as we dive into your word this morning, 
I pray that you would illuminate, that you'd help us to see things maybe we've missed. You'd help us to be encouraged in some ways that maybe we weren't before, Lord, and that your truth would ring true in our hearts. Lord, that we would not just read one ear, in one ear and out the other. Lord, that we would take your word and we would apply it to our lives and that you would challenge us and motivate us to live differently because of your love for us and the ways in which you've provided for us. Lord, we love you. You press in holy name, Jesus' name. Amen. So open with me to Ruth chapter 4, right? Like I said, we're at the end of the story. If you haven't been with us throughout uh, these last couple weeks, I'm going to give you a quick recap of the story. If you've been with us for four weeks now, uh, I've given a recap every week, so you should kind of know the story of Ruth by heart at this point. But essentially what happened was uh, the story kind of opens with this woman Naomi and Naomi was married and she had two sons and those two sons were married to women that were from a foreign land. They had gone to Moab, which is a place uh, that is not part of Israel because of a famine that was happening and they were looking for some reprieve and she had uh, she had married her sons off to foreign women. And then what happened was tragedy struck and not only did Naomi's husband die, but her, her two sons died in the process. And one of her daughter-in-laws left and returned back to her family in Moab. But Ruth, her other daughter-in-law, stayed with her. And they decided, hey, we don't really have a future here. We are going to need to return back to Israel, back to maybe some family members, and find reprieve there. And so they left and they went back to Israel to go and seek the Lord and seek what he had for them. And there was this fear, right? There was this unknown that came with that of who is going to be there? How are we going to uh, be provided for? Uh, Are people going to receive us back after being in this foreign land? There was all these questions and all these unknowns. And this story kind of progresses, right? As Ruth goes and she gleans in this field of, of a relative of Naomi and Gleaning is kind of picking up the leftovers that are left in the field after the harvest. And then she, uh, her story is kind of shared with the owner of that field, which is a man by the name of Boaz. And he takes interest in her story. He sees uh, her incredible heart for her mother-in-law and her incredible heart for service and serving her family and her loyalty to her family when she could have left and gone back and, and abandoned her mother-in-law. And then Ruth Uh, sees Boaz and the character that he has, and she pursues him as a redeemer. And we talked a little bit about that, but the idea was essentially that because they were both widows and they had left to a foreign land, there was no one, no heir to be able to redeem them and their family. And so there were marrying rights and land rights and and, uh, all these different rights that were kind of left unredeemed. Someone had to step in and redeem those. And Boaz, she went to Boaz and sought him sought him uh, to marry her. And, uh, and he said, hey, uh, I would love to do that. I would love to redeem you. There's someone else. And so he goes before the entire city. He pays a price uh, to her first in line redeemer. And then he redeems her himself. And there's this beautiful picture, right, of constantly the needs of Naomi and Ruth are met over and over and over and over. And we're going to pick up in chapter 4, starting in verse 11, we're going to pick up kind of overlapping where we left off last week with these last couple verses. So follow along with me. 
Ruth chapter 4, verses, uh, or verse 11, and we're going to be going through 12, but we're going to continue to go through, so keep your finger there this morning. It says this, Ruth chapter 4, verse 11, Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you, in fact, worthily, or may you act worthily in Epiphrath and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. And so here we actually see a concern that wasn't really voiced early on in the book of Ruth, right? When you immediately are introduced to Naomi and Ruth, right? Their immediate concerns are the death of their husbands and their journey to a foreign land and the, and the provision that God has to provide them with. But here we see an actually even deeper fear that both Ruth and Naomi had. Because if you think back, right, Ruth was married to Naomi's son. And they had been married. It wasn't like they got married and he immediately passed away. They had been married. They had been looking to have a child. And Ruth had not had a child. And so there was this fear, this, this deep fear welling up inside her that it's like, oh, maybe I'm barren, right? Maybe I can't have a child. And there's this this fear that I won't be able to provide that. And then her husband dies. And then there's this continual deep fear. Not only will I never have the chance to have a son, but even if God were to do some incredible act where somehow in this new foreign land, I find a husband, I'm most likely barren, so I still won't be able to have a child. And so there's this deep fear, right? And then that fear passes on to Naomi, right? Who her sons will never have an heir. Her family will never have an heir. This will never pass on. And even though there's been this beautiful picture of redemption of their family, this is kind of a one-off thing. And this redemption will only last for a little while. And there, once again, will be no one to pass on their family name to. And so... The people who see the redemption of Ruth and Naomi, they turn to the person who has provided every step of the way so far, right? They turn to the Lord. And they've heard the story of Ruth, right? And they're like, hey, God's provided over and over and over and over again. Why not turn to him now? Why not go to him now? And they they ask for this incredible blessing. And I love the references that they make here. I love the things that they say here because they reference incredible women in the history of Israel and the way in which God showed up in their lives. Specifically, this reference to Rachel and Leah. Now, if you know the story of Rachel and Leah, they were uh, they were barren. And uh, they were the founding mothers, essentially, of Israel. They were barren for such a long time, and they would continue to go to the Lord in prayer, and He would continually answer them, and He would open their wombs over and over and over again. And they ended up having, uh, having children and being able to become the mothers who, and they specifically say, who together built up the house of Israel. 
The very foundation, the very family, the very nation that they are a part of, that they return to, started with barren women. And so the people uh, at the, in this nation, they go and they pray and they ask that Ruth would be the same. And they go and they seek the Lord earnestly in prayer. And the Lord immediately answers, verse 13, if you continue on. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Immediately, not even a verse later, she is blessed with an heir, with a child. And last week we talked about this idea of praying for our families. How we can continue to care for our families and seek what's best for our families. And one of the ways that we do that is through prayer. And the, the local people, they come and they, they, they follow that same practice, right? They seek what's best for this family through prayer. And the Lord answers and immediately there is this beautiful picture, right? And we see that this story of Ruth shows us the power of the Lord's redemption the power of the Lord's blessing, and the power of His exhaustive provision. And we've seen redemption and blessing kind of throughout the earlier stories in this, in this book, right? Through the fact that they were able to make it to Israel safe, and the fact that they were able to have a field which they can go and glean in, and the fact that that they were able to have so much food and they were provided for in that way. And over and over, we see the, that redemption and that blessing. But here we specifically see the exhaustive provision. And when I say exhaustive, like that, what I mean by that is the going above and beyond providing for Ruth, right? Throughout the story of Ruth, we have seen that God has not ceased to go and above and beyond the needs of Ruth and Naomi. Right? Look back, right? He could have left them in Moab and just sent someone to provide for them there. Right? They could have been pulled into Ruth's household and been provided by their family just to live as widows. Or he, God could have left them to stay gleaning in the fields, right? They had food. They had, had provision. They had a way by which the Lord had provided through the law for them as widows to be taken care of. He could have left them in the fields to glean, but he did more. He could have left them in Boaz's favor where they were protected, where they were safe. Right? Where he had said, don't go glean in any other field. Stay in my field. Take the first fruits. Make sure you're safe. But God did more. He could have left them redeemed by Boaz, where Boaz didn't marry Ruth, but he just simply redeemed her and took, took them into his household as widows among his family. But he did more. He could have stopped at their marriage, right? And the joining of, of love and Ruth finding love in the midst of this and Naomi finding a son-in-law who she could care for and, and who she could uh, once again see the joy of her daughter-in-law, Ruth. But God did more. You see, God continued to do immeasurably more in the life of Ruth and Naomi. 
And the truth that we pull from that, the truth that we can see lived out in this story is God continues to do immeasurably more in the lives of his people. Let me say that again. God continues to do immeasurably more in the lives of his people. Last week, we, like I said, we were talking about the power of prayer and the, the role that it plays in our families. And here we see, right, this incredible answer to prayer and how he has continued to answer prayer, prayer after prayer after prayer throughout the book of Ruth. And we look and we say, hey, he has answered our prayers as well. Do you recognize those? Do you see those things? Do you go back and look? And right, as last week, as I challenged you to pray for your families or pray for one specific family member, I'm going to assume that you did that, and I hope that you continue to do that. But maybe some of you this week, you saw incredible answers to your prayers. Or maybe there is answers still to come. But there is this reminder to Stay watching for the blessings of the Lord. God has continued to prove himself faithful to do immeasurably more in the lives of his people to meet and answer prayers. Are you watching for those things? Because sometimes we don't have the privilege of having them laid out one verse right after the former. Right? We may not have it where we can easily see, oh, we prayed for this, and then a verse later it happens. Sometimes it takes weeks, months, years, decades of intentional prayer. But the truth that remains is he is able and does immeasurably more. And honestly, as I read this story, my mind actually went back to Philippians 4, 19 through 20. And I say went back because that's the the series that we just came out of if you weren't here with us for that. But at the end of Philippians, as Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he's kind of leaving them off, he reminds them of the character of God, specifically as provider. And he says this, and my God will supply Every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so what Paul says is, hey, he's met our needs. Why do we not believe that he will continue to meet our needs? And you go, well, I can't remember a lot of times where he met our needs. Well, look back to the the truth of the gospel, right? Our, our very core, most basic need is to be in relationship with God. And through our sin, through our disobedience to God, we created this gap, right? We were separated from God. And that is our most important need is to have that separation resolved. We need that need met. And God sent Christ Jesus as a gift to us to come and to live a perfect life without sin, to die on the cross and shed his blood so that by his blood our wounds are healed, our needs are met. 
right? And through his death and resurrection, we can be given forgiveness because he paid our debt. And that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that he is Lord and he is risen from the dead, we can be given salvation, right? Right there, that is one instance where I can look and say, he provided, he met our need right there. But over and over, he has met your needs. You just maybe weren't looking to it. And God, he, as he met the needs of Ruth and, and Naomi, there is this beautiful conclusion to the story that continues past just her having a baby. And it says this, continuing in Ruth 4, chapter 14, immediately after this need is met, immediately after the Lord shows up and he provides immeasurably more, everyone, specifically the women, get together and they go to Naomi and they say this. It says this, verse 14. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. And they named him Obed. His father, he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. There's this incredible, incredible moment, right? Where the women, they come to Naomi and they say, look how the Lord has answered your prayers. Look how the Lord has shown up. Remember this. Remember this, write this down, and may he continue to show up over and over and over. And there's this moment, right, where Naomi is sitting there with this baby on her lap, and she looks and she has this very physical representation, this very physical manifestation of the faithfulness of God over and over and over to her, and over and over and over to Ruth. And this deep-seated fear that was deeper than where they would get their next meal. That was deeper than the provision of where they would stay. A fear that nothing would continue on for them is met in an immeasurable way. Right? They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Right, David being the most or the greatest king in Israel, David being the forerunner or the 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 one who Jesus is born into his lineage, nothing could have been met greater. Uh, no fear could have been greater overcome than this. And they celebrate. Right? There's, this, there's this celebration where they take a second and they look and they say, look at all the things that the Lord has done. We have to remember. And they could have easily moved on, right? They could have been like, oh, you know, the Lord is redeemed. All right, everyone, let's get back to work. Or, you know, they could have forgot Ruth's story. They could have been like, oh, you know, that was a bunch of cool coincidences. 
Or, you know, yeah, I'm really glad for you, Ruth, but that doesn't really affect us very much. But instead, they gathered together and they celebrated what the Lord has done to remember his faithfulness and the way he met their needs. And I cannot tell you how incredibly valuable this is in your life. Because we have to be people who celebrate and remember the, Lord, the way the Lord has met our needs. And you say, why? Because in tough and difficult circumstances, you have to remember his faithfulness. And that's harder said than done. In those times, the last thing you want to think back to is the ways in which he's provided. Our flesh is at war with ourselves. And I was reminded of that this week. Man, it's been a tough week in our family. There's been some turmoil going on right now in our family. And I was struggling. I was struggling at different points to remember the faithfulness of the Lord. And I was struggling at certain times to see the way that he shows up and meets needs. And I came across, I was just doing some online shopping, trying to get some reprieve, right? And I saw a picture that was incredibly encouraging to me. It was convicting, but it was encouraging. It said this, Remember the days you prayed for the things that you now have. And at first... You know, I, I was like, wow, that's like a very like things mindseted statement. But as I thought and reflected on it more, I'm like, man, think about the things, think about the blessings that I have now that I've prayed for. Man, remember the times when I was praying in the past and I didn't see the Lord's provision and I had forgotten and I was feeling alone and I was feeling left without any way to turn. And remember the ways which he brought me through that. And in a sense, that is exactly what is happening here with Naomi and Ruth, right? Where they're sitting and they're looking at this child and they're saying, remember the days when we were in Moab and we had no idea what life was going to look like. Remember the days when we were in Moab and we didn't know where we were going to get food. We didn't know what was there saying in Israel. Remember the days when we showed up in Israel and we didn't know if there was going to be any food left for us to glean. Man, remember the days where we prayed for the things that we have now. That is an incredible reminder of the need for us to take time to remember and celebrate every moment the faithfulness of the Lord. And we got to be better about celebrating. Or, for that matter, even noticing, right, when the Lord answers our prayers. We have to be better about sharing these things with our families. When was the last time you sat around the dinner table and you went around and talked about, hey, how did you see the Lord work in your life today? And at first, you may not have any answers because you aren't looking. And that's okay. 
It's like it's an exercise. You have to continue to work it out because as you begin to look, you begin to see more and more the ways that he shows up, not just with the big things, but with the little things over and over and over. And those little things and those big things can be a continual reminder that when times get difficult and we're struggling to trust in the Lord, we can look back and we can see that not only did he meet our needs, but he met our needs in abundance. He met our needs immeasurably more. And so I want to encourage you this week. Spend some time, ask yourself, how will you remember the ways that the Lord met your needs? And so maybe for you, that's a prayer journal, right? One of the best things about a prayer journal is you write down your prayers in your journal is you can go back and read those in one or two, three years, and you can see, man, the Lord answered that prayer, and I didn't even know it till now. Because we have a failing memory. Or maybe that's having a prayer partner, having someone that you, you meet with and you get together with and, and you pray together so that maybe when you have a blind spot, that person can see and be like, hey, did you actually see where the Lord met that need? I don't know. I think you may have missed it. Here it is. He met that need and he met it in a fantastic and incredible way. Remember that. And if you can't remember it, I'll remember it for you. And then the great thing about that is you get double encouraged. Because you see the way the Lord met this person and you. Or maybe it's a simple and fun thing like a met prayers jar. Anytime you see a prayer that's met, write down a slip of paper and put it in a jar. Right? And then when those times come of incredible difficulty, of darkness, of sadness, of fear, of turmoil, pop that bad boy open and start reading. Start reading the ways that the Lord has met prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. You can get creative and be fun with remembering the ways that the Lord met your needs. One of the ways that I've been trying to do this in my life is just by making thank you, Lord, a regular statement in my life and in my week. Right When I pray, because there's times where I just pray and I ask the Lord, hey, will you show up? And then immediately, it could be a small, small way that I see it. Oftentimes, we have the, the reaction to just kind of go about our way and be like, oh, that was cool. But recently, I, I have personally been really trying to, in those moments where God meets just a small passing prayer for me to stop and for me to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I saw that, Lord, and I am so thankful that you saw my prayers. For me, uh, this last week, Psalm 46 has been a very encouraging passage for me. And in Psalm 46, David writes, he says, The Lord is a very present help in times of trouble. It's important that we remember that that is true. Sometimes it's more difficult to see than others. But that comes through remembering the ways in which He has helped in our times of trouble. And that means celebrating those things. And so I'd encourage you, this week, celebrate some things that the Lord is doing in your life. Even when it's difficult. Even when it's hard. Even when it doesn't make sense. Or the last thing you feel like doing is celebrating. 
Spend some time celebrating what the Lord has done because He continues, He continues to do immeasurably more in our lives as we seek Him over and over and over again. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You. Lord, I am thankful for You this morning. Lord, in the ways in which You have answered prayers. Lord, and I thank You for the times where I've missed the ways that You've answered prayers. Lord, and I pray that You would help me to be better about celebrating the ways in which you have continuously provided for me. Lord, I pray that as we, your people, are continuously provided for by you, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be better about noticing and better about celebrating so that when hard times come, when we face tribulation, when all seems bleak, when despair seems right around the corner, we can remember your faithfulness. Or we can remember stories like Ruth and Naomi's, where they hold this beautiful baby boy and they remember the days that they prayed for that which they have been given now. Help us not to forget. Give us faithfulness when it's our tendency to be faithless. Help us to celebrate the ways in which you provide. Lord, we love you and we are so thankful for the ultimate provision which is your son Jesus Christ and the way in which he's provided for us salvation. And I pray if there's someone in this room who hasn't received that salvation or hasn't received that forgiveness, Lord, that today they would see their, they would see their need and they would see the gift that you offer them, which is eternal life, only through salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We seek to trust in you. Help us to have strength to trust better. In your precious and holy name, Jesus' name, amen.